They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. The Carson Wentz era has begun. The Carson Wentz era, John Mita. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. What's good? What's shaking? Joe O'Donnell, John Mita. What do you think, Johnny Mates? What do you oh, think? Man. It seems like every time we do a podcast, <laughs> within a couple of days, there's just something that gets bigger and bigger. And I called you. At first, it was funny because like, I read a report on my phone through Bleacher, pretty accurate with a lot of their sports news and everything. And it was like, you know, the Vikings and Eagles have had discussions, but the Eagles are not interested at all. And then I literally hop in my car and then hear South Palantonio on 97.5. And he's breaking it down that Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles have traded Sam Bradford to the Minnesota Vikings. And, man, it's, just, it's crazy. I mean, who trades their starting quarterback with a week to go before the start of the regular season? Hey, that is, a, that is a great point. That is a great point. I didn't even think about that. I, I didn't. And the, the thing I like in it, too, is Howie Roseman plays video game football with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you can throw Chip Kelly under the bus all you want for the last year of personnel decisions. But Howie Roseman's no different, okay? He's the riverboat gambler of GMs. And quite frankly, I don't like it. The Patriots do things their way, right? They always have, but they win. The Green Bay Packers, a lot of times, you know, do things the Packer way where they draft a lot of players, keep a lot of players in-house. But last time I checked, they win. The Philadelphia Eagles have built these dream teams, trading players, cutting high-profile players, and what the hell have the Philadelphia Eagles won? I don't even remember the last time they won a playoff game. Has it been six years? Oh, it's definitely it's definitely been that long. But man, I I, I know we're kind of a little bit different on the fence, man. I love this deal, Joe. How could you not love this deal? The ransom that the Eagles got in return. For mediocre Sammy Sleeves Bradford? Are you kidding me right now? This is the greatest thing to happen to Philadelphia in sports since the Sixers got Ben Simmons. Okay. This is absolutely perfect, Joe. All right. I can't believe you're on the other side. So you give me why you think this is a bad deal. Okay. Or why All right. you think God, All right. Please, I didn't please. say it was a bad deal. I just said I don't like Howie Roseman, basically. All right? I don't like the way he operates. I don't like that the Philadelphia Eagles are so dramatic with everything, with their off-season decisions, with their hiring, their firing. I mean, I'm just tired of it. I just want a football team that looks like a football team, and I don't think they're there yet. All right? But hang on. Let's let's reset a bit here. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. You can follow us on Twitter at BelovePodcast. We are, of course, going to talk at length about the Sam Bradford trade. The Eagles now 53-man roster sort of set. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit about week one against the Browns. I don't think the little sisters of the poor should lose to the Browns. So Eagles should be 1-0, even if John Mita was a starting quarterback. We're going to give you our Eagles MVP for the season. We're going to pick the conference champion winners in the National Football League. So who's going to play in Super Bowl 51? And we got a couple more things to get to as well. Um, again, email the show, brotherlylovepodcast at yahoo.com. If you want to comment back to the Colin Kaepernick thing from last week, we'd love to get your thoughts on that. I think this week's question should be, how many games will the Eagles win this season and why? So email us, brotherlylovepodcast at yahoo.com. Tell us how many games the Eagles you expect them to win this year and why. And, of course, with the, the recent news that Carson Wentz now named the starter for week one, there's no more who should they start. There's no more gray area. Bradford's traded. Daniel's the backup. And Carson Wentz will start Sunday, less than a week away, at home against the Cleveland Browns to open up the regular season. All right, back to your question, John Mita, on this trade. Obviously, obviously, they got a great haul in return for a player who's not part of the future and probably not, you know, some would say not in the top 15 of quarterbacks. Now, I'd love to play the quarterback game with you. You name the team and the quarterback, I'll tell you if I take Bradford over them because there are some teams that want Sam Bradford to be their starter. Obviously, Minnesota now won him with the injury to Teddy Bridgewater. But, you know, the first-round pick you're going to get from Minnesota, most likely going to be bottom third. We're talking that 22-25 to range, if I had to guess, because I still think Minnesota can win 10 or 11 games. All right, so you're not talking a top-20 player here, most likely, uh, in return. I love the fact that they got at least a fourth-rounder, if not more. If you had told me two weeks ago, a month ago, whatever— the Eagles could get a fourth and a sixth for Sam Bradford, I'd probably say do it. So I love the fact they got a first rounder, and I love the fact they got a fourth rounder. But let's not act like this first round pick is the one the Eagles parted with for the Browns, which most likely is going to be a top five selection. Right? I mean, everything I'm reading is the Cleveland Browns are doing backflips, cartwheels, because they have an Eagles pick, and now with Wentz the starter, the guy they passed on anyway, yeah, sure, the Eagles might beat the Browns week one. That's just going to help the draft pick. <laughs> you know, at the end yeah. of the day, uh, the Eagles aren't going to win many more than that. So uh, I just, you know, I'm not, I'm disappointed because I wanted the Philadelphia Eagles to win football games this year. And I really believe Sam Bradford gives them the best chance to do that. So that's why I'm disappointed. I, I have never been so unexcited for a season opener since Kevin Cobb started 2010. <laughs> All right? All right, let's because say that again. It, because I am not on board. with How is Carson Wentz ready to start week one? How? Hey, according, according to your buddy, Doug, he's ready to go. He talked to Coach, you know, Coach Wright, Coach Flip. Carson's ready. Yeah. He is ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and that's coming from Carson Wentz's mouth. What else is the kid going to say? He is still like the kid on Christmas Day. Number two pick. Big city. All the lights. 70,000 fans. Oh, yeah, coach, I'm ready. Put me in. What's he going to say? I need another week. Why don't you let Chase start? No. Of course not. But I want to know. All I'm hearing now is how excited the Eagles have been. Wow. They've just been keeping it quiet, but they've been so excited. Over what? He hasn't played. This guy is literally... Literally going from the lowest level of football you can possibly be drafted at. Literally. The lowest. Nobody's ever been drafted beneath this level because it doesn't exist. All right? 
This kid is going into a National Football League game at home where the expectations for him are going to be through the roof by the drunk fans. And he's going out there after not playing a meaningful snap in his entire life or a preseason snap in three weeks. Carson Wentz has 24 preseason passes underneath his belt. Preseason, 24. Pick one of those. Put them together. It doesn't matter. He is not ready for week one. I'm sorry. He's not. I can understand your concerns. It's funny when, you know, we touched on this last podcast, I posed this question to you, you know, would you trade him to Minnesota? And a couple of tells were right before the Eagles preseason game, the president of the Philadelphia Eagles, Don Polenski, said, don't be surprised if we get back into the draft to get a first-round pick. And there was just some things. And South Palantonio said, this was another interesting tidbit, Joan. I don't know if you saw the game against the Jets, but they had Carson Palmer, or Carson Palmer, listen to me, I'm all over the map. They had Carson Wentz warming up, and Sal Palantonio said, I've been told by the Eagles' brass, if today was a regular season game, that Carson Wentz would be good to go to play. Now, this is after his rib wasn't healed at 60% from their last CT scan, the second rib. So those were some tells to me when I heard that. I'm like, what do you mean he'd be ready to go during the regular season if this was an active game due to the fact that he's injured? And we were told all along that he was going to basically not even draft. Um, so crazy course of events over the last couple of days. I just read a great story by Peter Kang, and I'm sure you might read it later, Joe, uh, how this all unfolded between Harry Rosen and Rick Spielman, the general manager for the Minnesota Vikings. And listen, I'm all about throwing the kids to the fire early. And I know a lot of people different on that. Aaron Rodgers kind of sat behind Brett Favre. Donovan McNabb here in Philly sat behind Peterson for a couple weeks, and then they kind of got adjusted. But I just say throw them to the fire and see what happens. This is your franchise. Now, I would have thrown to the fire if he wasn't completely healthy. Then I would probably start Chase Daniel. But we all know what Chase Daniel brings to the table right now. Hey, hang on a second. Don't you even (laughs) dare start to back off the Chase Daniel bandwagon. Since several podcasts ago, you told me you had basically more faith in him than Sam Bradford. Well, yeah. I stress that pretty strong, but... Yeah, I mean, Chase Dan was what he is. I mean, he's, he's – I want to see the rookie thrown in. I get that, dude. I get that. But this was not – but hang on, John Mita. This was not their plan. At least it wasn't yeah. the advertised plan. Okay? I know they didn't realize they'd be able to jump up to number two, and they had already brought in – you know, brought Bradford back and brought in Daniel. So then when they were able to get their prize possession, number two overall, drafting Carson Wentz, they had to say – well, he's he'll be number three, and we'll groom him. And everybody thought, well, that kind of stinks. But, hey, at least the kid's getting ready. Now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when, again, he has not played in three weeks, okay, and has never played a regular season snap in his life, all of a sudden he's ready? All of a sudden the plan that was advertised to the city for months and the fan base, and this is how we're doing it, we're sticking to our plan, it's a process, that's all out? Did Sam Hinkie just blow up his plan overnight because Embiid's foot looked a little bit better? I don't think so. I don't get what they're trying to do here. 
Either the kid was ready to be a starter when you drafted him and he was going to play, and you tell Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel to shut the hell up with their feelings and their emotions, and you say, this is our guy, and if he plays well, he's in. Where, like, I, I don't understand. Why didn't they just announce this from the beginning? If, the, if, he's so, if he's so godly, if Carson Wentz is so ready and blowing them away in meetings and practices, why wasn't this the plan all along? This, to me, smells like an organization that, depending on the day of the week, decides what the hell they're going to do. I think Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. They trade Bradford. Now, all of a sudden, this kid's ready to start? I think you just have to look at the extenuating circumstances throughout the whole ordeal. They made these circumstances. They made them. Yeah, yeah, but listen, okay, you re-signed Sam Bradford because you need a starting quarterback. Okay. And we all know in this league that they're few and far between to get good quarterbacks. Not not great quarterbacks. They're really hard to find. Yeah. But decent, you know, serviceable type quarterbacks, right? Nobody knew that the Eagles would find a way to get up to the number two overall pick. Due to the fact that Cleveland, with them hiring a new coach, they also needed a starting quarterback. I thought maybe that might waver a bit when they took a shot on RG3 to come be the quarterback for their football team. So then that opened the door. The fact that Roseman went from, what, number 13 pick to get up to two, I mean, that's an extreme leap in the NFL draft. That takes a lot. So nobody knew that was going to happen. They signed Chase Daniel to be the backup to Bradford because he knew Dougie P's system. So there's all these factors that went into it. Obviously, if none of these guys were here, if they would have drafted Wentz, then he might be the starter from day one. But as everything has unfolded, then you had Sam crying when he found out Wentz got injured or got drafted. He started crying and, and then left OTAs like a little baby that he is. I just think, I know it seems all mission. You got to start. My question to you is, Joe, when are you going to start this process? You know Carson Wentz is the future for your football team. So you tell me, what is the best date for you to start the process with this kid? Because I'm a believer, and I know he's played at a low level, okay? He played at North Dakota State, right? They're very successful. They won five national championships. I know it's a lower level. They did play against some D1 competition. But in that system, you're talking about meaningful games. Well, at that level, you do have to win playoff games, okay? It's not like the bowl system in the FBS where the bowls kind of play to where you're going to finish. In that division, you have to win playoff games to get to the championship. So he has at least some meaningful games under his belt. I'm not saying he's going to be an all-star. I love all his intangibles. I love his height. I love, and I, I love his personality, Joe. This kid is willing to take on Philadelphia, the Philadelphia fan base, head on. And I know he knows what's coming, and he's willing to accept it. And I think if, if you know he plays like crap in the first couple of weeks, he's going to own it, and then he's going to say, I'm going to get better. For I don't know. I'm excited because instead of holding off for another year, another two, we start the process right now and see what this kid has. Because essentially, for what you gave up, this is the Philadelphia Eagles' future at quarterback for the next probably decade, as long as he stays healthy. So 
You better figure out what you have right now. That's all I'm saying. Well, what I what I get upset about is the fact that they act like they know what they have. That they they that they've outsmarted everybody, and that has been Roseman's mo since day one. Is that they're better than everybody else? They're smarter than everybody else. Quite frankly, that was part of Andy Reid's mo that drove everybody crazy. Is this whole we don't have to tell you? I do things my way. We did it the right way. Never make a mistake. You know, like, I just, I can't, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I get it. Sam Bradford's gone now. You have to play the ginger. I get it, okay? But he also has missed the last three weeks and wasn't even healthy enough to play in the final preseason game when Sam Bradford was still on the roster. So now all of a sudden, you just, what, give him the keys to the car? This isn't fantasy football. This isn't video game football. This kid hasn't played in the NFL preseason yet, basically. He threw 24 passes. I cannot wrap my head around that, okay? If they wanted him to be ready, they should have never played him in the first preseason game with a third-team offensive line and go chuck and duck because they had semis going. Howie Roseman probably couldn't even keep it in his pants while Wentz was in that game the first week. (laughs) Right? I mean, look at the way they called the game. Everything was drop back, shotgun, Quarterback keepers, like they were like showing off their new toy, and he cracked his ribs. And now for three weeks, he hasn't taken a meaningful snap or anything close to it. And I don't care about practice time. I don't care about practice time. And now all of a sudden, he's going to be ready to go. You're lucky you're playing the Cleveland Browns week one. And let me make this very clear. I am going to be rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles like I always do. And I pray to the football gods, the Tim Tebow's of the world, that Carson Wentz is worth a damn. Whether he has to take his lumps or not, I do not want this kid to fail. I don't want the Eagles to stink, but I just see it coming from a mile away. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they start 2-0 like I said they could because they're playing some cupcakes of football teams. I hope they make it interesting in November, December, and maybe win the NFC East because it's a very winnable division. But there are just... So many unknowns with this kid to just hand him the keys with this confidence cocky. He's fine. He's ready to go. He's our guy. I don't get Sal Palantonio on my drive in here today. Okay. You mentioned Sal Pal. It was on ESPN radio. And he said, and he used, I like, this is a quote. He said that Carson Wentz has proved himself to the Eagles. When? Where? In the film room? Like, I, I just can't, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. But, God, I'll be rooting Sunday, and I hope he stays upright. Lane Johnson has to play. Forget about suspending him the first 10 games. You get your best offensive line in there on Sunday. You run the goddamn football, and you beat the snot out of the Cleveland Browns because your defense is way better than their offense. Yeah. Um, I think... I remember I kind of touched on we were kind of breaking down the NFC uh, last week, and I kind of talked about Dak Prescott. That it's the perfect situation for a rookie to go in there because they the best offense line of football. Looks like they have a stud young rookie running back, good tight end, uh, good receivers that can make some plays in position. Now, similar, if you look at the Eagles situation, I think they're going to have a pretty good defense. Their special teams has been great for the last couple of years under Dave, but the question is, are they going to be able to run the ball and make it so that this guy only has to throw the ball you know, 20 to 30 times a game? Kind of be that game manager until he gets comfort, comfortable 
with the speed of the game. And I think it's kind of set up that way. Now, we'll see. Now, the receiver position worries me to death because it's like, who is going to make plays for this young kid? And that, that is the biggest question mark more than anything else. I know uh, the Wayne Johnson suspension looming, that, that has also put a lot of pressure um, to keep this kid upright. But I st- it's not like he's going to the worst, let's just say, like um, – but the Eagles were, you know, they had the 13th overall pick this year. So that means they're kind of middle of the pack of, of where they finished in the league. But it's not like this team, this kid is going to, like, a Jacksonville where, like, there was just no hope in sight. They had bad everything. They didn't have a good defense. They didn't have good receivers. They didn't have a good running back. They didn't. At least there's some pieces in place here that could help this kid become successful. Now, I don't see him coming out going 11 and 5. But because the division is so weak, who's to say that this guy can't? You look at what Mariota and James Winston did last year, and, and both of them had pretty good rookie years. Now, did their teams win a lot of games? No. But I don't think. We start with Denver. If you have a really good defense, you don't need that star quarterback. I mean, Peyton Manning was at the end of his strength, and he pretty much just managed the games and let the defense and the special teams take over for that team. So I, I just think I do – the one point where I do agree with you is right, man. This comes as a shock. When Adam Kaplan from ESPN dropped the news, and this is what Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network, when they both said that the Eagles intend on starting Carson Wentz week one, if he's completely healthy. After the Sam Bradford trade news came out, I mean, I agree, Joe. That was a complete mind blow. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He played in one preseason game, and all of a sudden you've seen what Chase Daniel can do, and you brought him to be in the backup for something would have happened with Sam and anything else, and now all of a sudden you're going to throw him in the fire, which was a complete shift from their plan that they were saying all along. But I think Howie Roseman pulled the trigger because Sam Bradford's trade value would never be at a higher level. Than I agree. Right now. I agree. You can't argue that. Yeah. And you had to yeah. make the move when the first round pick was in front of you. I get that. But it also, yeah. to me, sets the organization back for at least a season because you're not expectations have to come down now. Maybe the excitement yeah. goes up for most fans, but the expectations have to come down because you don't have a veteran quarterback now who has chemistry with the receivers and the skill core guys who knows the offense. I mean. I just don't. I I can't see Carson Wentz being ahead of Sam Bradford at this point. It's impossible for me to understand or comprehend. It's not. It's it's not true. It can't be. Yeah, I agree. With and that. I don't care how excited they are behind closed doors and how much he's impressed them since day one and everything he's quote unquote proved in practice. It means squat because Sunday the slate is clean and he's got an NFL defense looking to rip his head off. Yeah. All right. Let's take a timeout. I'm a little fired up. All right, uh, 53-man roster, Eagles MVP, Super Bowl predictions, and more after this. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. You're listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast, exclusively on SoundCloud.com.
This is the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Should be on iTunes soon. Work through some kinks there. That's right. Could be iTunes available in the near future. Depending they don't uh, reject us, Xiaomi. There's like a a validation and then a submission process, and we're in the submission process. So there's some like geek geek from Apple with, with... you know, wireframe gra- glasses on that's like sifting through to make sure we didn't drop any f bombs. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, he might just be like, "These guys are brutal," and then we get declined. Screw them, buddy. Screw them. More darts at the board, my friend. You got it, brother. That's all about. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Belove Podcast, at Belove Podcast. Email us, Brotherly Love Podcast at Yahoo.com. Brotherly Love Podcast at Yahoo.com. We want your prediction. How many games will the Eagles win this season? Of course, in light of the news, Bradford traded. When's the start? How many games will they win this season and why? We'll read the best ones next week. All right, Johnny, meet a 53 man roster is set for your Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, they open up. Less than a week away. Happy Labor Day to you, brother. Uh, Caleb Sturgis is your kicker. Najee Good gets cut. Only four linebackers on the roster. So I ask you, John Mita, uh, I know the Eagles made three waiver claims. And, uh, you know, one's a wide receiver. Uh, surprisingly, Paul Turner got cut after making the initial roster. So some surprises there as the Eagles continue to fiddle with their roster. But I'm wondering, is Casey Matthews or, or Chris Gokong, are they available, you think? Yeah, if you did look at the breakdown of 53, you bring up uh, a lot of good points. And, you know, to only have four linebackers on your team is a bit troublesome due to the fact that you got to start three of them. So that means you have one backup. And some of these linebackers are interchangeable. You can move them to different positions. They do have that type of versatility. But I'd feel a little more comfortable with, if not one more, I'd probably even like to see two more, but I think they felt like they wanted to keep some guys at different positions. I think they kept a lot of offensive linemen. They kept a lot of defensive linemen. DeMarcus Smith, I guess at the start of the uh, season, I thought that this draft pick would be cut. Now that they kind of shifted back to the 4-3, which coming out of Louisville, the guy was a natural 4-3 defensive end, but everybody thought he could make the transition to a three, four outside linebacker. So, and the kid that, you know, tore it up during the preseason from a defensive line standpoint was that Stephen Means, who was just a quarterback terror. So I thought he would make the team. And I thought maybe a guy like DeMarcus Smith would be cut. They also kept a lot more cornerbacks, defensive backs than I thought they would, but big surprise is that Paul Turner, you brought that up. I mean, Here's a kid that caught everything in preseason. And the finale, you thought he stamped his way onto the roster by having a punt return for a touchdown. Um, you know, good return people are hard to find in this league. And it turns out they cut him yesterday, which I was shocked. And then they put in another claim for another receiver who apparently is fast as white. And I guess that's why they made the move there. But. I believe if they pick up now, they can add some of these guys to their practice squad. And when you get the practice squad, you have to have like two years in NFL service or less, I think it is. And you got to be, I think it's where you're drafted or undrafted. But the linebackers is a little scary. I think the linebackers is scary. And I was just a little disappointed that they didn't keep Paul Turner because I really think that that young guy 
you know, earned his way onto this football team. It's a cold um, it's a cold business, the National Football League. If you're Paul Turner, you're pumped up, you make the team undrafted, all your teammates yeah. are vouching for you, saying they hope <laughs> they hope you make the team. And then you probably yeah. celebrate and I don't want to say take your foot off the gas a little bit, but at least have a day where you go, Thank God I made it, I did it and then forty eight hours later you're cut. So uh he's unemployed yeah. right now. I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles bring him back though. At some point. All right, so you bring up the linebackers. Talking about Paul Turner. Caleb Sturgis is going to be the kicker for this team. Uh, the waiver claims Eagles made. Who knows how they'll contribute. It was a safety, uh, a linebacker, and a receiver, I believe. They made claims on from other teams that have made cuts. Uh, not a ton of surprise there, meaning teams often pick up uh, pieces that other organizations have let go. Let's let's go to the Eagles MVP before our Super Bowl prediction. My Eagles MVP, Darren Sproles. Even at age 33, this will be Darren Sproles' most productive season with the Birds. Mostly durable throughout his long career, of course, playing in 15 or more games in all but one of his 10 NFL seasons. I'm predicting 70 receptions and at least 115 carries, which would smash his number of offensive touches from his previous Eagles campaigns. He'll finish with 12 touchdowns, including two punts to the house. A young quarterback needs a veteran safety valve for checkdowns, screens, pass protection. Darren Sproles finally, finally in 2016 takes on the offensive role we all we've all been waiting for. And Darren Sproles is your Eagles MVP when it's all said and done this year. I love it. He's on my fantasy team. I love it. Yeah, you're a big Sprolesy guy. Oh, huge fan of Sproles. One of my favorite players on the entire team. All right. So I if that that comes to fruition, I'd be happy. All right, Johnny Mita. Darren Sproles is my guy for Eagles MVP. Who you got? This is this is going to sound really bold, and I know you're not going to like this, Joe. But I'm going with Carson Wentz. I think with the defense, the special teams, this guy, they'll make it easier. They'll, they'll make things right for him, and I think he's going to find a way to bring this team out of nowhere. This team's going to win nine games. Everybody's predicting seven, six, five wins. They're going to win nine games. They go nine and seven, and the Eagles sneak their way into the playoffs, just like Big Ben took the Pittsburgh Steelers to the playoffs his rookie year, and we find a way in. And I think he's going to be the MVP MVP for the Eagles, and we have a lot to get excited about. So that's my bold prediction. I'm not going to lie. I did get a little bit of goosebumps there when you start talking about sneaking into the playoffs, All right, even though he is a ginger. And even though he's he's overmatched, I'll give you credit for that. That is certainly a bold prediction. All right, speaking of bold predictions, uh, we're months away from the Super Bowl, but let's throw some darts at the board here. My Super Bowl prediction, the NFC champion Arizona Cardinals and the get ready for this drum roll, please, AFC champion Big Red and the Kansas City Chiefs, Cardinals Chiefs, Super Bowl 51, Grab the nearest trash can and get ready to puke. <laughs> you know, that's funny that you said that. I was considering Big Red. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go another route. I'm going to go. It's going to be Green Bay versus, I hate to say, because I just cannot. Oh, this you're going with the Steelers, aren't you? No. No? New England Patriots. Oh. I'm getting pissed off from the Flakegate. He comes back firing. They got the new tight end to go with Gronk, Martellus Bennett. They got better receivers. They missed a couple pieces on defense. 
but they find a way to get back to the big game. And it's Green Bay Patriots. However, I got Green Bay winning it again. All right. I don't, I'm not picking my winner yet in my Super Bowl. I'm holding out. All right, Green Bay over New England. I'm going Cardinals-Chiefs in Super Bowl 51. I believe it's in Houston this year. I do believe you're correct. And it's Houston and given that here to Minnesota. And given that uh, – oh, so Sam will be in the Super Bowl two years from now. So given, yeah. given that uh, Villanova just won the national championship down in Houston, shouldn't it only be right that Carson Wentz leads the Eagles to a rookie Super Bowl title in wow. Houston? With- would you have it any other way? No. I mean, seriously. No. I will <laughs> I will get a Carson Wentz tattoo, okay? Uh, All right? Like if the Eagles I win the like Super Bowl it. this year. Mark it down. I have zero ink <laughs> on my body. I just – Karen and I just talked about the other day how so many people have tattoos and I just don't get it. I will get a yeah. Carson Wentz tattoo somewhere on my body if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year. All right? That's, that is amazing. All right. I love that. I will cut. You know what? I will come to Garrett Hill and get it so you can sit in the chair next to me and hold my hand. If he wins, maybe I'll get a matching test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. That, that would be amazing. <laughs> so, uh, lastly, lastly, all yeah. right, this is what I got for you before we get on out of here. Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Soon to be iTunes as well. Does Sam Bradford beat the Eagles this year at Lincoln Financial Field? No. <laughs> no. The crowd, he'll get booed. He'll, he'll just crack under pressure. Um, no, I, I think probably most likely, yeah, I think the Vikings win that game. When Bridgewater went down, they had Sean Hill in the fold. I said, there's just no way we can lose to that team. Now that he's there, again, for him, it's a great situation for him because, like, you know, they have a good running back. They have a solid defense. There's some other pieces on the offense for him that that some decent weapons. I would say the receivers are better on the Vikings than the Eagles, and uh, so no. But I think that game will be close, and you know they're going to want to win that game. So it'll be interesting. And the Eagles' defense knows Sam very well, so they know if they beat the crap out of him, maybe he'll just you know fold up. So, but early prediction, I would say that the Vikings squeak it out. Sam Bradford throws for a NFL record tying seven touchdown passes. Shades of Nick Foles. <coughs> Vikings Vikings 73, Eagles 6. Oh, God. Sammy Stay Sleeves away. carried off on his teammates' shoulders out of Lincoln Financial Field. Oh, my God. And it'll be you cold. He'll have, e- he'll, have, he'll have extra long sleeves. <laughs> it'll be cold yeah. that day. <laughs> All right, That's go birds, get a win, support That's the it. ginger. Support your your local ginger. <laughs> ginger That's beer, good. ginger beer never looked better. You know, maybe that's maybe I'll have a Moscow mule on Sunday. There you go. I like it. All right, go birds. Appreciate all the love and support, brotherly love podcast. <laughs> the new era has begun. Meat is excited. I'm going to be watching with one eye closed. Out of fear. All right, brother. Good stuff as always. All right, man. Looking forward to next week. You know, it's football season, so we're going to try to keep this thing on a regular basis. That's right. That's right. As I don't, long as our, I don't like you know, as long as our schedules match up. Yeah, I don't I don't like angry podcasts, so the Eagles better win on Sunday. Till next time. You got, you got that right. See ya.
Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com.